Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need to move forward in the new music business. You're going to have a track record. You're going to have to have some business. You have to have a reputation as a writer, as an artist, in order to get the deals that you want to get. The deals that make sense. The days of record labels signing an unknown talent and developing them over three records to make the money really isn't happening anymore. So you can't bet on that. That's why we called this podcast, the climb C L I M B creating leverage in the music business. That's genius. That is uh, all put together there by my friend and good co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you Turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the average, on the regular, he puts you in touch with the pros. He connects you to pros. You get a shot. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their independent artists, and they've done this by making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities, and through the power of digital marketing data, they've attracted a number of investors for their artists. See, the investors like the numbers because numbers don't lie because numbers can't talk. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. And this production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up, brother? How are you? Man, I'm doing all right. Waiting for my coffee to kick in, but mostly good. Mostly good. Right on. Well, I'm super stoked about this episode. Today, we are going to talk about a band, an artist, a metal artist called Tool that is currently, this week, number one. Number one in the United States, Norway, Australia, New Zealand, and Belgium. And why? Why do you care about that, John? Why, what, if, what if we listen to country? What if we listen to hip hop? Why do we care about that a metal band is number one? Here's why. Because the leadoff single for that record... 10 minutes and 22 seconds long. Well, rock me on Medeus. That's a long song. Yeah. So there's so much going on in this story. We're going to unpack this whole thing and talk about it. It has everything to do with the new digital revolution here. And man, I just think this is big, big news for artists in every genre and every part of the world. And I can't wait to get into it. But first... But first, let's do a take care of a little business here. Listen, it's a digital world out there. And by the way, we're going to talk about this in this story here, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. I got a big value bomb that's going to come later on in this episode, exactly addressing this line right here. But digital royalty payments are so small, selling products like a CD or vinyl, T-shirts at gigs has become super important income generator. Knock, knock. Who's there? Math. Math says for every CD you sell at a gig, you need to get roughly like 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. That's a whole lot of streams, right? So what does math say? It's probably easier to sell some CDs at a show when you're up in people's faces and melting their faces with your music than just hoping about 3,000 people are going to go out and stream it. Do both. But man, don't forget about those CDs. And our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your disc and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. And you can find them at www.discmakers.com. And I don't have the phone number in front of me, but it's somewhere. I got it. it (laughs) I got it. I was looking for it earlier. You can give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. 
9353. <laughs> that always reminds me of like this carpet company in Chicago that's uh, Empire Carpets. Empire. That's yeah. where I got it. We really got that in Arkansas, that the guy with the mustache. Yeah. 1 800 Empire. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's totally where I got that because we got the we got WGN in Arkansas. We got a bunch of Cubs games, and we got Empire. There you go, Empire Company. Exactly. <laughs> and so, hey, if you haven't joined the Climb community, please do so. We're putting tons of information, including the article from which the content of this particular episode is based on. Very active community. If you shy away from Facebook groups because they're mostly BS and nothing happens and it's just could be 100,000 members and you're the only one posting because it's like a, an abandoned huge building. That is not the case at the climb community. I am proud to report that. So, uh, and Brent and I are still weighing in there, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume podcasts to make sure you get every single episode. And we are trying to improve our, our comment section. If you've been thinking about it, if you, you know, meant to do it and life kind of gets in the way, please just take 30 seconds and go and leave an honest comment and an honest rating on this podcast because it's super important to let everybody else know what's going on, that it's legit. And it helps our rankings. It helps mm-hmm. us become more discoverable. It's very, very valuable to us. So please make that happen. And then finally, the best thing you can do too, if there's an episode that enlightened you where you had an aha moment where it was super fun, it's super entertaining, helped you out, blah, blah, blah. Tell somebody about it. Mm-hmm. Put, put it up on social media, share it, let people know, hey, this is really cool. Like if you are thinking about getting in the music industry or if you're an artist, this needs to be a resource for you, right? That's right. And one cool thing in the, in the climb community, I was just scrolling through it while you're talking because you bore me. No, no, just because I'm... <laughs> I know I'm killing you today for sure. I'm just kidding. kidding. No, our buddy Rod Smith, climber Rod Smith, he posted, and this is just an example of what's in the climb community. He goes, Johnny mentioned a John Cleese video on creativity in a recent episode. Here it is. And wow, it's worth a watch. So he linked up a YouTube video that John Cleese, thing that you've probably heard us talk about on yes that was so cool i commented on that yeah so i haven't had a chance to watch it yet but thank you rob davis rob and it says rod somewhere else is there a rob and a rod that's really weird okay no we go rod smith there we go thank you for posting that and uh, there's some other good stuff from our buddy wade over at rocket to the stars and some helpful stuff i think we'll be posting a cliche pinata on the regular business uh, news in there. So yeah, it's good stuff happening over there in the climb community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if you have music business questions, if you have marketing questions, please post them, ask them in the climb community. We'll use that and answer that on the air for the pick Johnny's brain kind of a thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then do we have a new review? We do. There is an iTunes review. It is a tasty five-star review from Jay Dukes one and it says titled great stuff. It says, I have learned so much from this podcast. Grateful for you guys and your willingness to help others succeed in the music business. Cannot say enough good things about the podcast. Thank you, Jay Dix. We cannot say enough good things about your review. We appreciate it. And thanks for climbing. Yes. Right on. There we go. Okay. So let's get into it. This is a mind-blowing event. Like, this is huge. This is a really big deal for artists everywhere. How is it that a band, granted every argument that you have to make this not a big deal would be true. It's Tool. They've been around forever. Right. I remember listening to them in Sober, that weird, creepy video when I was in college in like 1994 or something with that little stop motion thing that was really weird. And they're on a division of a major label. Yep. And yes, and they've been around a long time and I'm not Tool. 
right? Yeah. Isn't that where everybody wants to go? Well, step one, be tool and, <laughs> and already have a multi-million dollar brand name and blah, blah. And those are all accurate. But the way this used to work, I mean, it, everything has to be packaged up in a nice, neat little three and a half minute thing. Mm. We had some avant-garde artists in the 70s, right? Like that released really long songs. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody was seven something minutes. Mm. Well, my joke earlier about Rock Me Amadeus. Yeah. Falco in the 80s was like a really long song. I'm sure there's a radio edit, but. Yeah. And th- well, there's a radio edit. Yeah. yeah. And, but I remember like you couldn't do a radio edit for Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think of John Mellencamp with I Need a Lover That Won't Drive Me Crazy. But like a two minute intro. Musical yeah. intro, key change yeah. and everything. Yeah, super yeah. long. And Boston, long time. What was it? More Than a Feeling that I went into. Just had that big epic intro i mean Mm -hmm. this is the stuff they used to do on the radio and then all of a sudden in the 80s it got really honed down and it's like three and a half minutes or less or you know you're pushing it for again mathematically restrictive right we we want to spin 12 songs an hour if you have an eight minute song we can only spin 11 songs an hour and that's a problem Mm -hmm. you see how that works see the fear inoculum is the lead off single it's 10 minutes and 22 seconds long not the record the single. The single. <laughs> right. <laughs> the single. This knocked Taylor Swift's new release, Lover, off of number one on the Billboard charts. Not an easy thing to do. Not an easy thing to do. And it's so, first of all, metal, not pop, yeah. not country. Not hip hop. Not hip hop. These, yeah, these are the top genres. Not EDM. These are the top genres on the planet right now. Metal used to rain. It no longer does. So that's a big deal for that. It's good. Like the fear inoculum is good. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. Do whatever you do to get into music. You know, have a cocktail, do whatever you got to do to get your head right and sit down and listen to that track because it's, my brother-in-law turned me on to it and he's like, uh-huh. you got to sit down. It's 10 minutes long. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah. So we sit down and we just, you know, had a couple scotches and listen <laughs> to that. And it just keeps building and building and building. And it's like amazing, right? The numbers, just let's go through the numbers real quick. It's number one in the United States, number one in Norway, Australia, New Zealand, and Belgium. It entered in the top five in Germany, Netherlands, Ireland, Italy, and Finland. 270,000 records was the take that was the amount of sales the first week here's another really really big mind blower mm-hmm. Two hundred and forty-eight thousand of those most of the sales vast majority physical it, there's cds and vinyl that's right as opposed to streaming based equivalents right yeah and, and we should maybe explain what streaming based equivalents are because that's kind of a kind of a new thing and it's not i don't think it's talked about a whole lot but basically if there are so many streams they'll count that as equivalent and, of an album sale right right so that way you can still have sales it's not like they sold three records this week yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it, right well, good. here's another mind blower the cost of the cd mm-hmm. 45 bucks Dude, that is a premium product. Let, let's unpack that for a second. So and people bought I, this. I just pulled it up on Amazon Music. Yeah. I wonder if it's the same version. Why? What's it on Amazon Music? I don't know. It's got uh, 10 songs on it. Yeah, that's it's the Fear version. Inoculum. Fear Inoculum. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's strong. Two, over 200,000 people buying that record at 40 Almost bucks. 250,000 people. 250. Yeah. 248,000 physical album sales. So here's the thing, guys, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to pushing your music out there, marketing is about perception and about product and about people like us buy things like this. Like you can have 
the very best, most awesome automobile on the planet. But if nobody knows about it and they don't understand it and they don't want to join that tribe, they're not going to purchase it, right? right. I've been arguing this is because price is important. Think about, we, we talked about this before with Starbucks, right? Before Starbucks, coffee used to cost 50 cents. Mm-hmm. And people made lots of money on coffee. It was profitable. You know, every diner, every gas station, blah, blah, blah. And then Starbucks comes along and now it's $4.50. Yeah. on a, Yeah. If you're taking it easy. Uh, how, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, even a venti drip is $2.50, right? <laughs> like, I mean, just for the cheapest thing they got for coffee. That's what I get just because I like yeah, coffee. Just, you know? yeah. I don't get the half-calf caramel macchiato part goat cheese and, you know, whatever the hell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. go for the real sophisticated coffee, you know, but how do they get away with it? Why are people happy to pay five times the price for coffee? It is a story. And good looking baristas like me and David Duvall. Back there you go. Day. That's right. It's, it's the story. <laughs> so this to me opens a door and says, hey, because let's go back to the history of the record business for a second. Damn the Torpedoes from Tom Petty came out in 1979, I believe. Mm-hmm. 78 or 79. And there's a big stink in Billboard and every, or not Bill, oh, it was probably Billboard too, but like Rolling Stone because Tom wouldn't let the record be more than, it was $8.99 is what it sold for, but he wouldn't let it go for any more than that. Like he was adamant. He was an advocate for, no, no, the record's got to be eight bucks, man. That's what it's got to be. But if you take $8.99 and put that into a inflationary calculator, just type an inflationary calculator on Google mm-hmm. and it'll, and you can put in the year and then it'll tell you what that's equivalent to today. That's right around 30 bucks today. Wow. And then right after that, that was vinyl still. We had invented the CD. Then we invented the CD and record labels came out and said, okay, well, this is 16 bucks. And so that was like double the, du- double the amount of gross revenue for a product that's actually physically less expensive to manufacture. I was about to say, yeah, there's not nearly as much in that in a CD as there is in vinyl. That's right. That's right. And we had a, like a ping to the pricing in 1999 with Napster. Mm-hmm. Right, where they started sharing files, and all of a sudden, there's this generation of kids that was getting stuff for free, thinking that it's okay for it to be free. Right. And then, thank God for Steve Jobs because he came in and invented the iPod and invented Apple Music, and mm-hmm. he put a price back on music, but the price sucked. But yeah. it was better than zero, a right? lot better than zero. Yeah, right. The price was 99 cents, and so I've always argued that you know, once everybody gets like wooed into streaming, and we know that we have all that access to unlimited libraries of music. I mean, 10 bucks a month is like a low amount of money to pay for that. Mm. It could easily be three times that, uh, you know, I'm on Amazon music and they cost me sleep because I'll be in bed. Emily's already rolled over. She turned off her Netflix. She's out. I'm like, I'm just going to, I just feel like listening to a little something. Next thing I know, it's like an hour later, I'm waking up and something's still going in my earbuds. I'm like, Oh, I gotta go. You gotta, you're down the rabbit hole, right? I'm like, down the rabbit hole. I'm like, Tonight, it's 90s grunge night. Yeah, man. Because I'm a creep. And tomorrow night, it might be, you know, going down the 90s country rabbit hole or the folky, you know, river. I'm floating. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's, it's just so not, I'm like, I don't even have to get up. I don't have to walk over to my CD stack, which I still have a rack, a CD rack. Yep. In my office because it's mine and my wife can't get rid of it. And uh, <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to go through what I have, you know? It's like, it's all right there and I pay. Yeah, my- that is not a bad price to pay. I mean, think about it. If you, if 30 bucks a month, right? That's $360 a year, but that's like buying the equivalent of ten, a record a month, 12 records a year. Yeah. You know, and you get access to all that. That is, this is not an unreasonable price. And the more that they charge 
the more the artists can get paid, the more the songwriters can get paid, and that can be better. So this is really good. $45 album cost goes right to number one. And that, that alone, that's a sexy headline right there. I mean, yeah. You're talking about over a million dollars. Yeah. Just off physical sales. Yeah. And then we go into the fact that the leadoff single is 10 minutes and like, I don't know how many millions, 10 million. Crazy. Anyway. Yeah. That, so now let's talk about the single. I mean, it's 10 minutes and 22 seconds long. What does that say to you, Brent? Like what goes into your head when you contemplate that fact? Uh, a couple of things. One, it's amazing in today's short attention span squirrel world that people are like digging a 10 minute song. Yeah. That, that by itself is amazing, right? It's like, oh, there's counter programming. But the other thing is that they are not getting radio airplay. That right. Is, I mean, we're number one without radio airplay. Yeah. And how much rock radio is there these days? I don't even know. It's not what I keep on my speed dial in my car, but mm-hmm. yeah, it can't be. No, 10 minutes. Unless the DJ really has to go to the bathroom. The bathroom record. <laughs> no, they're not. No, that's, I didn't even think about that part. You're right. They're not on radio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right. Right there. How about yeah. this? There's no conformity in any way, shape, or form with this track to conform to what the industry tells us society wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? There's no, it's not neatly packaged into a three and a half minute track Mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form. It's 10 minutes and 20 seconds. You can't do this on radio. Okay? And they're on a major label. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Mm-hmm. I bet you they had that conversation, but they found another way to make this happen. You know, now granted, it's been a long time since Tool released the record. Yeah, I was looking at that. It looks like it it twenty years. Been a while. Let's see. At least as far as what's on Amazon Music, it looks like two thousand six. They released ten thousand days. Yeah. So yeah, man, that's like so thirteen years over a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a lot of time for people to forget about. I bet they're beating the heck out of the road. 
But the thing for me, like one of the things that you and I have argued on this podcast for is that this new streaming, the new digital, because we're going through a paradigm shift in the market. It's coming off of broadcast platforms and all the mathematical restrictions and all the velvet rope because Mm -hmm. broadcast platforms are owned by super rich billionaires that decide whether or not you're going to become a rock god or a country god or they get to decide, not you. Right. And there's two sets of them. There's two velvet ropes. Number one is the record label. Number two was radio. Yeah. They're publicly traded companies. They're owned by a group of people who don't care about you. Yeah. They just, yeah. Like you got to make money. That's the deal. They've got every quarter, they got to send a report to the board and the board decides who's going to keep their job, who isn't, what's happening. Because if the stockholders don't make money, it goes down. Man, granted, this is a major label product, but this is completely nonconformant. They, they did what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It was compelling. It's really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they get number one. This is not a, uh, well, that's a really great record, but nobody heard of it because it was, you know, this underground cult thing. No, man, this is number one on Billboard. Like, what the hell? Yeah. You can do whatever you want to do as an artist. Whatever you want to do, you can do. That's what this tells me. This mm-hmm. is good for the art. Yeah, I, I think that's amazing. And I'm really amazed that so many of those are physical sales. I mean, it just meant they put in the time, they built their fan base, they haven't released a record in about 13 years. So they have been, I'm sure, on the road engaging with fans, where they're going to have almost a quarter million people buy a $40 record when it comes out. $45 record, yeah. $45 record. I mean, that's you important. That's that extra five yeah, bucks. That extra, when you're talking 250,000 people, that extra five bucks. So they are doing the work. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I haven't, like I said, I haven't followed tools since college, but putting in the work and they're building that fan base. And, yeah. and it seems to me like that is a, it's a different model of doing it. Tom Petty didn't want his, his album to be over eight bucks. Right. And tools like we'll do 45 and we're gonna sell a quarter million of them right out the gate with a 10 minute lead single. That's not going to get radio airplays. To me, it feels like a, this is like a specially premium product. Like this is a 10 minute song. Well, and the record's for 45 bucks. This is not for everybody. Not only is it a premium product, but, you know, I didn't, it occurs to me, I didn't finish my thought on the Tom Petty thing because I'm, I'm squirrel. I'm all over the place with this because it's so exciting as a story. But so when you take the $8.99 and you put that into an inflationary calculator, it's worth around $30 today. So we were spending $30 for 10 songs mm-hmm. in 1979. Right. Okay, that was the equivalent of what we're paying now. But now, you know, Tom Petty's last record that he released before he passed away, just like everybody else's record, is on iTunes for, you know, used to be able to purchase the music for $10.99. Mm-hmm. So the, the music was devalued. Yeah. Right? Per song. It's not equivalent to what it was. Like we were paying way more for a higher premium for music back in the 70s and the mm-hmm. 80s than we were in the 90s, than we were after post Napster. And this can recover. That was the point. This is closer to what music should be able to cost, you know, what it's worth, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just about marketing. It's not anything else. I've, I've argued that it's funny that when you take Jay Z, for instance, started the yeah. title. And the big thing about title is, hey, it's all premium streams, right? It's higher quality streams. We're not streaming MP3s. We're streaming higher quality streams. And so that's how he's trying to differentiate himself. But if you ask me marketing-wise what they're doing, they're trying to sell the concept of title on the merits of the technology, which nobody gives a crap about. Otherwise, if we cared about technology, we never would have gone to MP3s because MP3s sonically suck. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be putting them through my little cheap at a gas station earbuds. Yeah. It's premium streaming through your cheap freaking earbuds. <laughs> right. But I mean, some people, lots of people got beats now. I mean, there's some products out there to give you the full 20 to 20,000 hertz range on a, on a track and really get the basis of it. But the point being that, especially a rapper, especially Jay-Z, who comes from the hip hop rap community, mm-hmm. where it's all about bling bling and a pinky ring, you know, it's very much money oriented and very much luxury. And I've got this and you don't. That's the marketing of that genre and why he wouldn't bring that to title is beyond me. Like, you know what? Maybe if you like cheap sounds, then, you know, stay on Amazon and Spotify. But if you want to hear the highest quality, they come here to title. That's you the way sell you it like bottled water. That's what, yeah. That's the way you I, mean, I was, uh, when I first moved to Nashville, I did what I swore I would not do. I waited tables and I waited tables at a Cracker Barrel for, I don't know, several months or whatever before I could jump ship. Mm-hmm. And our manager was like get, trying to get us to push bottled water. I was like, I just can't do it. it's like here's a buck 50 for this water or you just want me to bring you one yeah for free it's because it's premium i'm like why yeah (laughs) because it's premium why yeah it wasn't to me i couldn't sell but still people will pay more for a gallon of bottled water than they will for a gallon of gas on gas right a gallon of gas is two dollars and 19 cents a gallon of of a quart of bottled water is going to be like right around a dollar fifty six bucks a gallon is what that works out to five and a half dollars a gallon and that's more than double the price of gasoline for something that you can get for free by taking two steps past the cooler and going into the bathroom and turning on the, the sink and putting your yeah but still something about bathroom water i don't know i'm still not even out of the <laughs> well yeah you don't know what's coming up <laughs> really want to go to the kitchen sink or but that's so there but- that's marketing that is the power of marketing we're selling something that we can get for free at a premium price and it's just it's water right here we're talking about you know this is art i love that these guys are, are number one i love that's a $45 album and people are purchasing it i love that it's mostly going in the form of physical sales oh yeah i love that it's nonconformist. you know i mean it's just so for the art like we can do what we want so this is an artist that understands the paradigm shift that's happening, quite frankly, mm-hmm. in the marketplace. The challenge that we run into at Daredevil is everybody's so used to doing it this other way. I'm constantly having to create clever ways to communicate how it's changed. So again, communication is not what I intend. It's not even the truth. The truth doesn't matter if you can't get somebody to understand what the truth is, mm-hmm. right? It's about what they receive. And Having to turn people on to digital marketing, right, that we do is is a challenge in communication. Like, mm-hmm. this is how this can work for you, and it can be really, really fantastically powerful. And for a lot less money, there's ROI. Bob, people just, is it radio? Can we go on tour? Yeah. Is it going to be a TV? Is it a TV? Are we going to be on TV? Like, everybody's stuck in it. I'm talking industry people, pros, because they're used to doing it the, the old way. It's very difficult for them to understand, they can understand the words, but they don't have their head. They haven't grasped the power of how to connect with people and get your product out there and to get new fans through a digital medium. Well, and this guy to be able to do this and not give a crap about the parameters of what mm-hmm. a normal label would force you to do. Yeah. Well, I think it's so interesting on, on its face. It almost looks very, very old school, you know, a metal band putting out a 10 minute single selling a bunch of 
physical product. Yeah. Right. Sounds like welcome to 1970. Yeah. 75 or 78 or whatever, you know, it's yeah. old school, but yet it's totally new school. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. now they can do some of that old school stuff. They probably want to do like, I'd love to put out a 10 minute single because they've, I'm sure embraced the new school, the new way of going about it. Yeah. This is why I wanted to tackle this today. This is super exciting because if they can do it, then now it's proven it can be done. Right now, anybody can do that. You can write whatever kind of country song you want to write. If you're a country artist, you can write whatever hip hop song you got to write. You don't have to conform to what you think radio is going to want to do. If your plan doesn't involve radio, right? Like if you're trying to be a professional songwriter, you got to think about radio. Yes. Right. Yeah. But as an artist, you can write a different horse and all you have to do, you have to do two things. Number one, you got to be compelling. Mm -hmm. And number two, you're going to have to market it. You're going to have to make sure people are aware of it. It's not going to find its own audience. Right. I mean, why can't you be, you know, radio? So now it's not even like three and a half minutes. I ah, can kind of long, right? When I first come out, it was like four minutes. Uh-oh. Uh, now it's like three and a half. I don't know. Yeah. Why can't you be like some of the old school Charlie Daniels and be like freaking Bohemian Rhapsody of country music and have yeah. like a country opus? Or yeah. you know, like I said, some of that old school Charlie Daniels stuff that would be like jam band and, and go on or these epic, why can't you? Yeah. You're an artist and you're not worried about radio and you're worried about just being compelling and finding the people that dig that. Why the heck not? I, for the first time in 80 to 100 years, artists have complete freedom. All artists have complete freedom. You can do whatever you want to do and you don't have to play anybody else's game as an artist. You don't have to conform. You got a lot of friends in the music industry. How many times have you heard somebody talk about they came into the label one way and then they're getting changed? Oh yeah. I mean, that's just a common thing. And finding them either because they weren't sure who they were at the beginning. Yeah. Or just that. Some of them are developing and changing in a good way. Right. Yes. But some of them feel, end up feeling like dancing chickens, right? We joke about it when we mention Cody Johnson Mm -hmm. with the cowboy hat, right? Right. Where they're like, you know, all that, he's got tons of record deals offered to him for the last five years. And it always comes to this, well, you got to lose the cowboy hat. Cody Johnson, by the way, for those of you who, who haven't heard previous episodes as an indie artist sold out the Allegiant Center in Houston, Texas, which is 75,000 seats, mm-hmm. sold them out as an indie artist. Now, Allegiant Center is a big time rodeo venue. Mm-hmm. He's a rodeo guy. He's a straight up cowboy. He ain't putting on the outfit to look cool in the country world. That's who he is. Yeah. And so when you go and you tell a guy like Cody Johnson, hey, lose the cowboy hat. He's like, what? Yeah, well, it doesn't sell anymore. Tell that to uh, 75,000 fans that showed up. Exactly. But that's how that, those things happen because there are these other people coming, the marketing people coming to tell you what you got to do and wear this and don't do that. And da, 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 And they try to make you palatable, turn you into a slick little pill that can be swallowed on radio mm-hmm. and make powers that be over there happy. But now you can do what you want to do. Yeah. And there's no excuse the only excuse is if you don't have an audience is you're not good. You're not compelling. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Right. Or to yep. uh, nobody knows. Right. But, th- but that's on you. Right. Both those are on you. Yeah. You can reach the whole audience that you need to reach now. Does it cost money? Yeah. It costs money. It costs mm-hmm. nine times the amount of money it should take to make the, the product that you're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. And you've got to get over that. I don't know. Why is it that people are so wound up about that? 
Why is that like, well, it's just going to cost money. Like, yeah. I mean, imagine that if like you were an employer and the person that just said that you were thinking about hiring him. It's like, well, I'd love to hire you, but it's going to cost money. Right. So should be for free. Like, wait, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to cost money. It's always costing money. And if you don't have it, then you just got to find a way to get it. Yeah. But understand how to play the game. And I just think just from a purely artistic perspective, this is awesome. Number one, yeah. 10 minute and 22 second song. I don't know what the percentage of 248,000 from 270,000 is, but that's got to be darn near 90%. It's a bunch. Of the sales were physical sales, physical product, and it was a $45 album. You said how many tracks were on that? 10, according to Amazon. 10, 10 tracks. So yeah. he, they're like, you know what? Our music's worth more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. And they said, yeah, it is. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys, do you, do you get that? There it is. I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, that's where we're trying to go with this whole thing. I think music can become definitely is worth more than what we're paying for it now. And mm-hmm. I think the lower price was the results of, of Napster, but also the a tech head essentially putting mm-hmm. a price on art. Okay. Yeah. And deciding like in some socialistic matter, this is what it's going to cost because it's for the people. Blah, 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 blah. But thank God that happened because they put a price on it, but there's no reason why we can't market it up and do better streams. Now that the bandwidth that we have, the storage, the bandwidth that we have, the ability for people in Podunk, Nebraska, yeah, Arkansas, to, to stream. <laughs> I was thinking Arkansas. I, I, know, say that. I saw that look on your face. You're like, yeah, I'm looking at Brent. But the, but to stream a higher quality stream, right? So Sony, by the way, just not for nothing to attach onto this, that another article that came out yesterday, I believe, was Sony as a streaming player now. They've finally gotten back into the market. They're calling it the Walkman. It's a streaming <laughs> player and it has the capability to stream, I think, like 192K 24-bit music, mm-hmm. which is fascinating, right? So that's interesting because I think, I'm pretty sure I read that right. So if I'm getting this wrong, forgive me. I, I didn't dive into that article, but I just kind of skimmed it because I thought, wow, the Walkman's back. This is interesting. Sony's making a play. So your MP3s are crap audio files, right? When you buy a CD, that's a wave file, and that is a 16-bit 44.1 hertz, that's the sample rate is 44.1 thousand times, 44.1 hertz. And what that means is that each second of sound is being sampled 44,100 times. But we can record, we have the capability to record what they call an HD, Pro Tools HD, which is 192,000 times per second that it's being sampled. And it is a 24-bit file, far bigger file, right? Like a two mix, like mm-hmm. one song a stereo mix and one song and Pro Tools HD is like a gig. Wow. It's huge, right? And so, you know, impossible to really try to sell in 2003. Oh, yeah. When iTunes came. But it's not analog, but it's way better than you can hear the freaking difference. You know, you can hear the difference. So what's my point in saying this? It's more stuff. It should cost more, right? Mm -hmm. It should cost more. Like it should be three bucks a song. Mm-hmm. These guys are doing $4 and 50 cents a song, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? And so I think this helps raise the value of music and people are, now that they've embraced the technology, they're going to be willing to bump up in the pricing and get better streams. But we just have to market that up. And I mean, when you think about a Wu-Tang Clan selling Which I that do one, often. That one record, that one record they sold for, I think it was like $2 million. <laughs> oh, yeah. They put out their, one of their releases they made one record, just one. <laughs> yeah. And they put it on eBay and it got auctioned off 
and $2 million. And there's some dude that bought the records, got the only copy available. <laughs> and he paid $2 million for that. Just proving yeah. that it can be worth what we want it to be worth. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how does it, you know, if you make a painting brand and try to sell it, maybe you get nothing for it. Maybe you get 50 cents, maybe you get $10. And then there's Christie's just auctioned off. Uh, I can't remember who the artist was, but it was like 450 million bucks or something. Painting. Why, why is it valuable? Cause a bunch of people think it's valuable. Mm-hmm. So, man, I just think that's really good, guys. I think that uh, this, this is the light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a train. It, like, we're coming out of it. And music can be worth more. You can make more money. You don't need 50,000 people's permission to be an artist, but you have to be intentional. You have to be smart. You have to be good. You have to be talented. And you have to know how to market. If you don't know how to market, you have to get people there to make that happen. That's about it, man. If you haven't done so already, download the free PDF of 21 Biggest Reasons Why You Don't Have more fans and there's some marketing value bombs in there. It's absolutely free. Just go to get from Johnny J O H N N Y get from Johnny.com and tell me where to send it and you'll get that. And we'll be able to be in touch that way. I mean, this is what we do. We're trying to help artists in the digital medium break, find bigger audiences, become cash flowing businesses that this, this, this costs money, but it, it, it happens. It happens every single day. So mm-hmm. it's about it guys. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.